Brothers and sisters, good evening. God bless you all. Thanks to the Lord for all his blessings, for all his wonders, for his endless love, for giving us life, health, for answering our prayers and for being by our side. How great is our Lord, how wor worshipped, how wonderful it is. You may take your seats. And regarding this pandemic and the situation that we've lived, the Lord revealed around February, he revealed to a family member Revealed, meaning he communicated, he let her know in dreams to a sister who attends the church that her loved ones were inside of a house and that suddenly a big mountain, a piece of mountain became detached and the mountain was filled with mud and it was very strong, the impact was very strong that happened with that mudslide and that the house was completely buried where her family members were in and at that home there were about five six people the husband the wife the daughter the grandchildren of that married couple and that they were all buried and that she had been outside just looking at that mudslide looking at that burial and the only thing left to do was to try to rescue them and they started to rescue work in the dream that was and they said that uh, they removed a lot of mud and in the end when they were able to find the house they opened the house they opened the door of the house and the house had remained stable it had not come down and they had found all, she had found all her family members unscathed and completely healed. That was the dream. This was before all of the COVID-19 and pandemic thing ensued. And the sister of the church didn't understand that dream. Oftentimes we don't understand dream, the dreams we have, but God. So about a month and a half ago, they all started to become ill and they all contracted COVID and even the children, the younger children, all of them be became ill with COVID and they had a very difficult and grave health situation, which they, and they were almost on the brink of death. But today I was talking to them and they were telling me that they all, thank God, were able to um, overcome it. They're healthy. They're doing well. They were able to cheat death because they were in the ICU. They were, you know, connected to oxygen and they were intubated. They were connected to a respirator, but the dream was fulfilled. Glory to the Lord. Today, they all cried tears of happiness and they said the dream was fulfilled. God lives. God is great. And why did God show things that way because God wants to help us because we are important for the Lord. If we didn't have any importance for the Lord, God would not show anything, nor would he forewarn us, nor would he let us know in advance, nor would he deem us worthy to, in his greatness, 
give us a dream or a person, as in this case, for her to pray. And if God gives us a dream, like a dream like this, it is because he loves these people. And uh, he's also showing the end result that he was going to give them victory. And he so did. Glory to our God. It is also something astonishing, the fact that in the dream, she saw that she had been outside, that she was not in the home, but that she was outside with her mom. They were on the outside, and sure enough, they all contracted COVID except these two women. So it was perfect, the way in which God guides us, and it is wonderful how God rem remembers us. We bless and glorify the Lord. He is worshipped, beautiful, and powerful. Glory to his holy name. Let us read in our Bibles. Let us rise and let us read in the book of Exodus, chapter number 23. Exodus 23, we are going to read verse number 20. We are going to teach tonight about rebelliousness. That is the title of the sermon. And in these verses, we find that when the Lord gave the commandments to his ancient people, one of the first commandments the Lord gave them was this one, that they should not be rebellious, that he was giving them all the commandments but they should not be rebellious, meaning that they should not reject the commandments, not the things of God. But just so that we have two words, we have to oppose, meaning to make opposition and reject the things of God. Those two words. Remember them. Remember them always. Anytime someone is rebellious, it is because he is opposing God. And he is rejecting the things of God. If you read in the dictionary what rebelliousness means, it's even more serious. Rebelliousness, it is a state of quality or condition in which a person is in war against an authority. Imagine that definition. So we would say that when you are in disobedience or you're opposing or rejecting the things of God or his commandments, you're sinning. You're waging war against God because he is the authority. As opposed to submitting or loving God, you are waging raging war against God. And that is very graphic, very descriptive it is. But just so that we are able to understand how grave this sins is, one of the gravest sins there can be. And the Lord here it taught them in Exodus 23, 20. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared, meaning I send you the angel so that you receive blessings, so that he guides you. What should you do? Verse 21, beware of him and obey his voice. That is the only thing I ask you. Obey his voice, understand him. The angel, the angel of the Lord, it is, he is the Lord Jesus Christ, as our sister Maria Luisa has been teaching us, and we've already heard that sermon. Do not, what? Provoke him, meaning do not be rebellious. It is the minimum God asked them to do, not to be rebellious or provoke him, or provoke the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for because the Lord does not like when people 
whom he is blessing and he wants to bless and he is helping them uh, wage war against him or make opposition or reject him or go against his word or defy him. For my name is in him because he is God, because the angel of the Lord is God. That's why his name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Amen. You may take your seats, brothers and sisters. And as a supplement to this sermon, we are going to start to see examples in the Bible. We are going to see an example of what happened with Balaam, which was that God gave him a command and Balaam did not obey that commandment God gave him. But before that, I would like to say that the secret of a blessing in the, since the beginning was in not being rebellious against the Lord. And we should always think about this. Lord, keep me from becoming enemy of yours, because if you are rebellious, then you become an enemy of God. Deliver me from being in war against you or going against your word or defying your authority. On the contrary, I submit to you for you are my God. I humble myself before you, as the Bible states. Submit yourself and humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God because you are our creator. How could we go against you if we are nothing in life? On the contrary, the only thing we have in our hearts are words of gratitude and a deep sense of gratitude in our hearts because you looked at us, you gave your life for us, you loved us first, then we loved you. And that was the secret of the blessing. The Lord told them that he was going to take them to the promised land and that they were going to lack nothing, that the Lord was going to protect them all, but that they were to obey this, that they were not to be rebellious against the commandments of the Lord. Now, let us see an example here we find in Numbers, Numbers chapter 22, of a situation that took place with a diviner or false prophet. His name was Balaam. And this diviner had powers from the devil and Everything that he conjured up and everything that he did and all the curses that he issued for people to do poorly were spells for people to do poorly, to fail. And these things came to pass because the devil helped him. And there was a king, his name was Balak, hired him. He intended to hire him for him to curse the people of Israel. Because the people of Israel were spreading across all borders and they were coming this diviner, this uh, sorcerer to curse them, curse the people of Israel. And thus they were contained that expansion of theirs onto other lands. And what happened that they send messengers from King Balak to out to the uh, diviner Balaam and in verse number nine 
The Lord, our God, manifested himself to the diviner and spoke to him. And he established a dialogue, which is incredible. And it is wonderful because he is the living God speaking with human beings. And it states, then God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, this was a vision. Balaam said to God, who came here to look for you? Well, some messengers from Balak came, said the uh, diviner. Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt, meaning the people of Israel, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. I already blessed them. You cannot bless them, curse them, because what I bless, the devil can no longer curse. And so you should not go there. That was the command that God gave to the diviner. And the diviner, what did he do? When the messengers came, he told them, no, I'm not going to go there because God told me not to go. And that, that people are blessed by God. I can't bless them because God has said that I can't go. But because he was a greedy man, the, his own flesh seduced him. Because of the greed he harbored, because the king sent messengers once again and told him that they were going to honor him very much and that he was going to give him a gift or a payment that was quite, quite big. And so the diviner was carried away by his own greed and rather than listening and obeying God, the first command God had already given him, he was rebellious, he was disobedient, and he intended to go against God's command, even though apparently it seemed as though everything was fine, there were no problem, and he said, I'm going to inquire of God again. Let me stay here, because I'm tonight I'm going to ask God again to see whether... Perhaps he'll let me go. So that is something God was unpleased with, displeased with, because the Lord had already told him not to go. And when the diviner asked the Lord whether he could go, what did the Lord say? What can you imagine? You would say, no, you cannot go. And the Lord said, all right, go. Because that's how God is too. God can also test us that way when we are obstinate. And we are stubborn. And also, whenever an idea goes to our mind and we think that we are self-sufficient and we know a lot, and we do not count on God. So we want to break the will of God with our own stubbornness. And God then says, all right, do it. And this is what happened. The Lord told him to go. This, how could this happen today? The, the Lord was highly displeased. Later on, you you have seen, we've read this. Our sister Marie-Louise explained it recently. The way he was in a donkey and the donkey spoke to him. And 
so many things happened to this diviner and he failed and he wasn't able to, to, to curse them. And it was failure. He thought that when God told him to go, that everything was perfect. But, but no, the Lord may, did this to give him a great lesson to him and to all of us, all of us. Today, you can see this stubbornness and obstination in the church when the people receive prophecy and the Holy Spirit, for example, tells them it is not time for you to get married yet. And the person is has a plan to get married. And so he goes and looks for it to, to hear another prophecy for God to tell him to get married. And the Holy Spirit tells, tells him again, it is not time to get married yet. It is in my time. Be patient. Wait. The person goes again to look for a third prophecy and they sit down to receive prophecy for God to tell. Eventually they say, no, there was one prophecy where God told me, yes, that I could get married. And it is likely that God allows that to happen. God, may God prevent this from happening, but it is because of our own stubbornness because we want to do something or we want to quit our job. So you want to quit your job and the Holy Spirit tells you, stay there, be patient. And you want to quit, and because you didn't like the prophecy, you go and look for another one. And it could be that the Holy Spirit tells you right off the bat, make your own decisions when it comes to your job, and he le le leaves you at your own device. Because ultimately here, with rebelliousness, our, we are talking about free will at all times, your own liberty to make your decisions. If you want to submit to the Lord, and you want to do the will of God, and you see that you're going astray and you're starting to behave rebellious, you know, you want to go against God's word, then you should repent and you should ask God for forgiveness and acknowledge it and say, Lord, it seems like I want to go against your word and like I want to do no more than you. You've already told me no, that I should be patient, that I should apply the doctrine. And how could I apply the doctrine in this case? Of course, I should be patient at work. Be patient with my co-workers. Be patient with everything that you live at work. That is doctrine. And things are not solved by you losing your job and that's it. Or just being a bad testimony. That is a doctrine. I am making a mistake. Lord, forgive me. So the person bows down before God and acknowledges. But the other path the person takes is saying, No, I want to quit and I'm leaving and I can't stand People mistreating me or I don't, I won't take for someone to have misbehaved against me. I am not going to tolerate this. And so the person becomes filled with arrogance and haughtiness and pride. And the person begins to look for prophecy. So God will tell him that he's able that yes, he can quit. And that is a mistake that... People live and it is common. Same thing goes, for example, if the person can get divorced or not or separated. So they start to ask for prophecy until they tell them yes or whatever wants to hear. And in this case, what happened? That in verse number, in, verse, in these verses, we have the explanation I just gave. In verse 13, he tells him, no, God didn't want to, didn't give me permission to go with you. Verse number 15 states that Balak insisted because this is the way the devil works. Also, he is persistent and he gives you temptations. And if you reject them once, then he'll put it once again. 
And if you reject it again, he puts another temptation. But then when the devil sees that you're steadfast and you're a person who has knowledge and that you're intelligent because you, the rebellious is someone foolish. And a foolish person, foolishness means that is it's a lack of intelligence. Meaning a person who goes against God is not intelligent. And when a person already has that conviction and that knowledge and the devil sees this person is steadfast. That's why it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you because he gets tired. And if you discover him and you know what is happening, you, you simply apply the doctrine, what you've learned, the devil will flee and he won't tempt you again. But if he knows your weakness and that you, you are a person who was greedy, who able to for fortune telling and the devil gave him powers this man was seduced because there was money involved and when there was an honor involved then he fell into that trap and it states here the bible states in verse number 17 for I will certainly honor you greatly. And so this was the temptation for him and that he was not able to endure it. And that's when he told him, I'm going to go inquire the Lord once again. That was his mistake. And in verse number 19, it states, Now therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. The Lord had already talked to him and the Lord is steadfast in what he tells you. And God what he tells you, he is not going to change it. One day he tells you something and the next day something different. So this is an example that you can read the whole chapter. What happened? Eventually he did really poorly. And it's it seemingly if you read without paying attention when it states that God told him to go, it would seem as though God tested him. But God did not like you to be stubborn, to be capricious and that you pester him because pester is like you bothering him or like you're trying to make him change his decision or trying to change his mind no the lord has already told us and we are not going to be rebellious with the, against the lord we're going to do what he tells us agreed glory to god and also we are going to look at another example in judges chapter 2 what does the bible teaches us in judges chapter 2 verse number 17, that the Lord was raising up the judges so that he would give victory to the people of Israel to deliver the people of Israel from the nations who were their enemies. But in spite of having judges, these people didn't value their judges. They didn't value their judges. They didn't value their prophets. They didn't value their apostles. They didn't either. They didn't value what um whatever was instructed by the lord through them and so what good is it to have judges today for example there may be a person who asks something emails our sister Mary luisa our sister answers an email and the person does the opposite so what good is it to have a prophetess of the Lord, whom God supports in everything she says, and he, she is our great blessing, if the person will not pay a mind or value 
what the prophetess of the Lord tells us. So it makes no sense. And this is what happened to these people, that despite the advice they, the judges gave them, they contradicted them. Despite all the advice from the prophets, they contradicted them. And they also waged war against the prophets, war against the judges, war against God, because God had sent his prophets and sent his judges. And they became enemies and they became contrary people. They made up their own theories. When a person becomes rebellious, then the devil takes possession of that person because if the person starts to feel rejection against God and that he doesn't agree with what God established, that person will then begin to feel that rejection. You should really apologize to God because that is very dangerous. You, the person cannot let time go on. Because if a person keeps that behavior, the Lord will go away from that person. When that happens, the devil will come and will rule the person's life. There's a sermon that is very beautiful also that our sister Maria Luisa gave us, where she was teaching us what are we going to be filled in life, filled with God or filled with the wicked one, with evil spirits? What are we going to be filled with? So... If you behave rebelliously, that is the fastest way to be in opposition against God and war, waging war against God. And you are an enemy of God and you are going contradicting the Lord. The Lord is saying something. You make a case for it or something else. You become contrary. You make up your own theories and the devil helps you. And then the evil spirits come. They take your mindset and then they give you the ability for you to philosophize and for you to come up with your own theories and then you think that you're perfect and you think that you're self-sufficient and you begin to create even your own religion that is very dangerous so the sign that we should pay heed to to perceive or identify this is happening is that you're rejecting the things of god you are losing motivation to pray, losing motivation to read the Bible, motivation to come to congregate. You no longer want to congregate. You no longer want to be in the church. That is very dangerous because it means that the wicked one is already living your life and he is getting these ideas in your head. And if you do not react quickly, if you don't subject to God and you are upset with God because he gave you a command and you don't want to obey it, but rather you let your own thoughts dictate your life because a, a rebellious person is also willful and lets his will dictate his life. That is a willful person. It's only his will. What matters, what matters is my own will. Well, this person's will, that is a willful person. So you, you need the devil to come help you then for you to be able to live off of a lie. And you will then begin to make your own case, lying cases to justify your sins. And that is also what we've seen and heard from people who attend church who have never been sincere with God, who say, oh, told me something, but no, his plan changed with me and it's now it's different. And that's the way they justify their actions without really God having intended to do that because he treats everyone differently. Sure. And God 
could set different plans for every person in the church, and we should respect that whenever it's authentic and when that it, there's something that's God-given. But if it isn't God-given, but because of their own stubbornness and rebelliousness, and because you are willful, then that's something you should be extremely careful with because you're living off of a lie and deceit, and you are already in the claws of the wicked one, and you are already putting at risk your own salvation and eternal life. Not only your material blessings, but especially your eternal life, which is the most important thing in life. And... As it states here in verse number 17, yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods, meaning they did not listen to their judges. When the judges were there, they did well because of God's mercy, because the judge would pray to the Lord to have mercy of, uh, on the people. And that's what verse number 18 states. And then in verse number 19, whenever the judge died, they were corrupt in their rebelliousness. And so this happened since the beginning, that they were people who were hard-hearted, and they did not acknowledge their own sins. They, want, they intended to know more than God. They thought they were intelligent. And for that reason, there is a verse in which the Lord told them, that they were rebellious forever, meaning it was a rebelliousness that lasted always. It's how sad. But this was their great sin of the ancient people of Israel. And also, let us read Judges chapter 17. Oh, but here, for instance, verse number 19 states, and it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted him. And in the end, it states, they did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way, meaning stubbornness, being willful. Whatever they said, there, are, there was no other way to convince them, no way to make their, another case. We've lived this in the church. I have lived this. I know, I've known people who are like this. And you try to advise them and you, they don't hear. They don't listen. You open the Bible. You talk to them about the teachings. You give them examples of what you have seen in the experiences we have lived over the years in the church. Everything we have learned from what our sister Marluisa has taught us. And no. These people say, no, 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 it isn't like that. No, I don't accept. And instead, they they embrace that rebelliousness and contradict you and they make up uh, arguments and they start to justify what they're thinking. And there is no way to make them reason. And that's something very sad, but that happens today as well. And if you have not realized that this is like that, that you're rebellious and you're willful, obstinate, then it is important for you to wake up and open your eyes and ask the Lord for forgiveness and for you to say, I am rebellious. I, I ask you for, for, to forgive me. Lord, I didn't realize I was rebellious. I'm always opposing. I'm always contradicting. I'm always come up with my own thoughts, things that are unreal. I don't accept the doctrine. I don't agree with it. Also, I think that young people should strive very much because there is a topic when it comes to dating that the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Lord does not like people to date around because why does he like the people dating? Because they, they date someone 
and they have intimacy, then they leave that person and they find someone and another and another, and there's no seriousness. And that is something the Lord is, is displeased with. And so there are people who don't like this, especially uh, part of you, of the youth. They should be careful with this because they don't accept that teaching from the Lord. It's, it's hard for them. No, young people should also be submissive to the Lord. And understand why does the Lord not want that to happen? Because there's no seriousness to it, because there's no sense of responsibility. And they should value those teachings because God gives us explanations always. But if God doesn't give it to us, we will obey him nonetheless. Glory to the Lord. Because he is God, because he is perfect, because he is always right. And he wants the best for us. He wants to spare us from failing. And he knows how human beings have failed through the centuries. And that is why today he wants to spare us. Therefore, how could you stand up or try to level, be on the level with God and say, no, that he's wrong? Let us also read in Judges 17, verse 6, where we find an expression that it is... Helpful to teach us what being willful is. People who are willful, the definition is that they let their thoughts dictate what they do. Nothing to do. It is only what they say and it is their will. And this is also correlated to pride because you see that a prideful person does not accept advice from anyone. And... Judges 17 verse number 6 states, In those days there, were no, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's it. They were willful because that's what defines a willful person. That they do what is right in their own eyes. And many times a person who is willful will also tell you that they don't want you to tell them anything. That there's a moment when they don't accept you even attempting to make a comment or trying to make them reflect on things. But of course, we as parents, for instance, with our children, we should always teach them so that we may have a clear conscience. Because Eli's, for example, mistake with his children is that he didn't oppose them. And he allowed his children to commit sin there in their in their temple and he did not oppose them and so we should when it comes to our children make them see their sin and correct them and speak to them and teach them and give them a good example being a good example aside from being a good example if they misbehave because generally speaking if the parents are set a good example their children will follow in that good example but it isn't always like that it could be that a child or children won't follow that their parents example but their parents must teach them and must be responsible with god even if their children don't like it even if their children are willful or rebellious or capricious and they don't accept and they don't like it still their parents should teach them and in that way they will meet their responsibility in the sight of the lord but due to the fact they don't like it is not that we're going to say no no yeah we're going to tell them things and we're going to tell them in good words and in good ways and here it states 
everyone did what was right in their own in his, in his own eyes. That's the meaning of being willful. They do what they think is right. They do according to their own opinion. Because it, they also become, like the Bible states, do not be wise in your own opinion. Because why? Because they think that their opinion is the only thing that matters and the only thing that's okay. And they and they nothing matters to them what God may teach. Now let us read in Isaiah chapter number 65. Isaiah chapter 65. It teaches us about rebelliousness. What does it what does Isaiah 65 teach us? Verse number two. It teaches us the same thing. People who are willful. I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. There it is. The Lord kept insisting and they were teaching. They were rebellious and he kept teaching just like a parent does to his children. Who walk in a way that is not good. Because they didn't do the will of God. Because we're not keeping the commandments of God. And... The more the person sins and the more rebellious the person is, then the less will the person want to obey God. And the more clean the person is, the more he will want to obey God. That's the way it is. Truly, when it comes to all sins, who will be able to truly abide by them? Those who are striving to be pure in the sight of God. Whoever is pure in the sight of God will want to be even purer every day. And the Lord will clean him more every day. But whoever is not clean and does not want to clean his heart and does not want to repent because the devil has already taken possession of him and has already failed him and he is a rebellious and he, he is already letting his own mind dictate his life and is willful and capricious, then that every day that person will sin more and every day that person will beget more sin because sin our sins are like a cascade. Everything just correlate one and another and another and another. And that's the way the devil destroys people. And he drives them away from salvation. And Isaiah 65.2 states, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good. According to their own thoughts. When it says according to their own thoughts, it means willful. Who let their mind dictates their life, their own opinion and will. Now we are going to read 1 Samuel chapter number 15. First Samuel chapter 15. For the Lord, this is so deplorable. Rebelliousness is that just as you know, brothers and sisters, and as we have learned, the sins the Lord rejected the most in the Old Testament were idolatry. The Lord the whole time he said, do not take my glory, do not take my honor, do not make God to be with me, for I am spirit. The greatest defense the human, uh, that human beings were able to bring against God in antiquity and today also was idolatry. And a great, another great offense that the Lord said, which was something 
that he was hurt by was divination or fortune telling because it was to try to imitate and take away the glory of God as well because God speaks to human beings and God communicates with men and God lives and the devil when he intended to do this, to do divination, he intended to dishonor God because he copied God to confuse humankind. Therefore, the sin of idolatry and divination in the eyes of the Lord were serious, extremely serious in antiquity. And the Lord says in these verses that rebellion is just as those two sins. Therefore, if you then begin to make a list of sins, for against the Lord, sins that are abhorrent, I mean all of them, because every sin is an abhor, uh, uh, abhorrent to God, but in this example that he gives, idolatry, witchcraft, and rebelliousness alongside stubbornness are extremely serious offenses and sins, and today they are as well, because idolatry, witchcraft, rebelliousness, and stubbornness. It is something that the Lord, since the beginning, taught about that human beings should reject. And this we find that the human beings should turn away from that. They were extremely serious sins. They were sins that were, too, that were grave. And today we should be aware of this. 1 Samuel 15, verse 23 speaking about the sin that Saul committed because Saul was very self-sufficient and Saul didn't trust God. And Saul did not heed what Samuel said, Samuel the prophet, that is, with the sacrifices. He began to offer sacrifices. He wasn't patient. He didn't trust. He didn't wait until the end. The time Samuel had given him, Saul was also went to inquire of a fortune teller to call on the dead, on evil spirits. And because of these sins, then as a consequence of the sins that he was committing, more sins came because he was already living in sin, because he was not repenting, because he was self-sufficient, because he thought that he was he was enough, that he could do things on his own, and then he started sinning as with envy against God, and more sins came into him. Therefore, he wanted to take David's life, and he started to accrue sins. And that is why the Lord gave this teaching. Samuel told him, he said to Saul, to Saul in verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. There it is. Rebellion is the, as the sin of witchcraft. Meaning, if you are rebellious against God, it is as though you were a divine or fortune teller. Just so that it, it also helps us. It's something graphic that if, if someone were to tell you, do you want to become a fortune teller? You would say, no, no, no. How could, what do you mean? No, fortune teller. Well, when you're rebellious, it is as, as though you were a fortune teller. I say it like this just so that we can understand it a little bit more and so that we're afraid of that and so that, we're dread, so that we dread it, so that we are frightened of doing something like that. Instead, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, meaning as though you're a maker of idols or you create crafted idols 
do you want to do that? No, no, no. How, how could you say that? No. Well, when you're obstinate or bellies against God, it's the same thing. See, let's see if this helps us so that we submit to God and do his will. And also, let us read 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13, where the Bible teaches us about an episode, because I am going by chronological order because of the order of the books, but this episode is similar to the one that Balaam lived. He was stubborn and he rebelled against God as well due to going again to inquire of him. Here we find a man of God who was great, greatly supported by the Lord because he was a prophet of God. And God gave him a command. God told him that he should go back and that he should not stop along the way, that he should not stop to eat bread or drink water, but to just go back to his place of origin. And the devil brought him a trap. And took advantage also of the weakness of that man of God. And he sent a prophet who was an elder, a prophet. And the prophet went out and told him, Stay with me here in my house. I'm going to give you bread and I'm going to give you water and he said no I can't because God commanded me not to and he said no no an angel came to me and the, the angel said that I should do, give you this and, and he said that, that to him lying and the man of God fell into the trap and the Lord that would be because that's what the devil does always. He tries to change what God has commanded already. If God has established something, has decided something, that's the way it is. And we should not have to change it. And this man of God should have had more conviction. And he should have proven to this other man that he was a liar. That he lied, that he deceived him, and that he had principles and convictions and knowledge. And not to have fallen into that trap of, and, and have honor the things of God, and for that reason he failed, and punishment came upon him afterward. Here, we have it in verse 9. You can read it slowly at home, but it states, the Bible states, of this man of God, of everything that he did in First um, Kings, Chapter 13, we will read verse number 21. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So where? what was the lie? Verse 18. It says, You were rebellious to what God said. 
to the first thing God commanded, verse 18, and the other one said to him, lying, I too am a prophet as you are, and an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. Let us read 1 Kings chapter 2, pardon me, 2 Kings chapter 2. Here we don't have an example necessarily of rebelliousness or a rebellion, but what I would like to highlight though is that there is a tendency in us as human beings which is to be persistent, uh, to be insistent, to pester, to insist with different things. If God said something to us already, that's it. Let's obey him. That is the doctrine. God has already confirmed it. That's it. Let us obey the word of God. Let us do the will of God. Let us accept that it will be for our own blessing. And we will receive that with happiness. If we don't understand it, let's ask God to make us, make us understand one day. But let's receive that from God with submission, with complete compliance. Let us submit to God as our authority, as our creator. He will all, he is always right, but let's not try to start insisting for God to change his mind. Or when our sister Marluisa tells us something, let's not try to insist so that she changes her mind. And this happened when Elisha succeeded Elijah and Elisha asked, he wanted to receive a double portion of the spirit that Elijah had. By the way, someone asked me if this was greed, and it isn't. It wasn't because it was a desire, a spiritual desire. He wanted to have spiritual things, and he was always a servant of Elijah, a servant that had no greed. So this request was correct. And Elijah said to him, by asking for a double portion of what I have in me, you have asked for a hard thing because the spiritual things are the hardest things. Verse number 10, 2 Kings 2, verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing because truly that's that was something that was difficult. The spiritual things are the most difficult things. And after Elisha saw when Elijah was transported in a chariot of fire by the angels, not seeing any death, and was taken with his own body up to eternity. Then the disciples that were left there who were alongside Elijah and Elisha, all of them, 50 altogether, 50 men, they came to Elijah and Elisha and said, allow us to go look for Elijah's body. But Elisha knew that Elijah had gone with his body complete to eternity, that his body had not been left on earth. And they kept insisting, not knowing what was it they were asking about. And Elisha already knew the answer because Elisha knew that Elijah had been transposed and that that's the way it was going to happen. And rather than believing him and value what the prophet was telling him, because that's why we have a prophet and there were prophets, and today we have a prophetess. Rather than valuing that, they kept insisting, let us go, let, let, allow us to go look for him. And he said, but you're not going to find him because he went up with his own body and everything. No, let us go, allow us to go. So what did he say to them in the end? Go. The Bible says that they urged him so much 
that they made that he was ashamed and he said, okay, go. Same thing that happened with the case of Balaam. God told him, all right, go. And in this case, the same situation. So when you're a person like this who insists and someone is advising you rather than saying thank you, well, sure, you can give your opinion. And if someone's advising you, you could say, this is happening, this is happening. If someone gives you advice, you say, well, we have this other element or this another point of view. But if the person tells you, this is the teaching, I suggest that you do this, be careful with this, that's it. Thank you, thank you for your advice. Even if your flesh wants to do something else, you accept that advice with love and you don't keep insisting the same topic. That's what we ought to do. A person who keeps insisting, 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 and keeps insisting and keeps talking and goes back again and the month again, month later says the same thing. Six months later, same thing, bad, wrong, wrong. That's a person who has a tendency to contradict God, is a person who has that tendency to become rebellious. So it is a tendency. So let us be aware of this. Verse 16. Then they said to him, Look, there are 50 strong men with your servant. Please let them go and search for your master. Let's, lest perhaps the Spirit of the Lord is taking him up and cast him upon some mountain or into a valley. They imagined, they thought that the, the body was elsewhere. And he said, you shall not send anyone. But when they urged them, they urged them, urged them as to pastor with, by insisting him. Till he was ashamed, he said, send them. Therefore, they sent 50 men. They searched him for three days, but they did not find him. They didn't find Elijah's body. But look at Elisha, the way he, he said. And when they came back to him, for he stayed in Jericho, he said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? I mean, this is embarrassing. So, just so that this will never happen, let's be always careful. And let us read Isaiah 57. Isaiah chapter 57. We're going to read the way the Lord called on all these people who already had that rebelliousness in them. They who opened the door to the wicked one, and the wicked one was the one who was taking possession of them, and he was making them, turning them into liars because they were already making their own cases. And, are, and then it says, Whom do you ridicule? Against whom do you make a wide mouth? The Lord asked them, and stick out the tongue? Are you not children of transgression or rebelliousness, offspring of falsehood? Because they were false. They're liars. You came up with their own theories to justify their sins. And also in Jeremiah chapter 8, he spoke to the rebellious people in verse 5. So a person thinks, no, that everything is okay because they come up with their own th theories, but their own theories against God. Theories, but many things, five truths and one lie. So in the truths, there is a lie intertwined. So that's where you should discover him. Verse five, the devil won't tell you the whole time lies that you can tell really right off the bat because then you can discover him quickly, but he is subtle. Verse five states, why has this people slid him back 
Jerusalem in a perpetual backsliding, they hold fast to deceit, meaning they end up deceiving, lying, they end up in the traps of the devil who is the father of lies and they never they refuse to return and they never repent the more sin they, be, they commit and the more rebellious they are the less they will repent and the less chances there are that they will stop sinning and that's very sad and also the bible teaches us in jeremiah 44 an example of lies how far they went and how far they thought they believed their own lies because the, the devil himself takes possession of people and then he makes people believe that they are telling the truth which is the most dangerous thing jeremiah 44 verse number 16 states as for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the lord we will not listen to you the prophet was telling them that they were sinning that they should quit idolatry and they told him to his face, we're not going to listen to you. Just imagine how rebellious these people and how haughty and arrogant what we were talking about. They were opposing the prophet, rejecting the prophet, rejecting God, contradicting him. Because the Bible states in another people that they were people, contrary people, rebellious, that they had their own thoughts contradicting him. But we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouth to burn incense Meaning they believed, they thought they were too high because they prophesied, but they prophesied lies to burn incense to the queen of heaven, namely Ashtaroth, and pour out drink offerings to her, as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes, and the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food. Imagine that. The devil was giving them food so that they believed, just as today, the devil himself can heal people in the midst of idolatry so that people will believe that right that everything's perfect that everything is good we were well off and saw no trouble but since 18 they said because they stopped pouring out drink offerings with wine or or oil or water and the sacrifices to the idols and when they stopped doing that then they did poorly that they lacked everything and so that's how far they go to where, where the devil goes in disturbing someone. And also in John 8, verse 47, talks to us about the state of a person who no longer hears or listens to the words of God. This was a sermon about the truth of God that our sister Maria Luisa gave us. Verse 47, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So how sad for a rebellious person is no longer of God, but of the devil. He is no longer a son of God or a child of God. And 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, which is related to a passage that we read last week about selfishness. When it comes to that, I uh, forgot to share a testimony that I had, an example, rather, of selfishness, similar to the person who chooses the best piece of chicken, the best piece of the chicken, which was that, that we would remember what selfishness is. So some brothers were telling me that they went to a hotel, and they stayed in that hotel room, two, three brothers, and one of them started to pull out his clothes from his suitcase, the um, 
the place where he had his clothes to travel and there were five or six hangers to hang the clothes and he used them all with his clothes and he didn't think about the others that the other people also needed hangers that's a beautiful example of what selfishness is and here he was talking about people who were only thinking about themselves who people who are lovers of themselves but he is also talking about people with certain traits that are really negative that are top typical of rebelliousness he he talks about people without self-control in verse 3 unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, people who who have no control or restraint, brutal despisers of good. It says that they are disobedient to parents. That's also very sad to make your parents suffer with the rebellious child. How sad. Verse 2. Second line, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. All of these can come to the church. And these people are not sincere with God, but they will be people who will come to bring, cause division in the church and to destroy spiritual lives. So it all ends up becoming rebellion against the church itself, against the unity itself. And all of this is what the Bible, the rejects and abhors and when you are seeing someone against you the unity of the church you should never listen or pay attention to that person you should understand that this is typical of people who are the ones we have here in chapter three who will even come up with their own religions so you should reject them and not accept anything from them and lastly let us read in micah Chapter 6, Micah chapter 6, and we will read in the Old Testament that their sacrifices was enough to solve everything and that they were rebellious and they were disobedient against God, but they would bring a calf or they would bring a sheep and they would burn it and they would sacrifice it in the before God and everything was settled. No, the Lord said to them, no, this is not the way it is. Verse number 6 and 7, it explains Seven, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Imagine that. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, transgression, rebellion, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So transgression, rebellion is a sin. And then verse eight, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, meaning not to sin, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That is what we ought to do. If we have tendencies of rebelliousness, let us humble ourselves with God. For that is the only way that we will triumph in life. As the Bible states, humble yourself on the mighty hand of God. Whoever is humbled will one day be exalted. Glory to the Lord. Let us rise and let us pray to the Most High. Blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you for your endless love. We love you. We worship you. We bless you. We exalt you. We love you, Lord. And we beg of you that you keep us, O oh God, from rebelliousness and uh, from our own self-will. That you deliver us, Lord, so that we oppose your things, your commands, your plan. That we may reject your things and become enemies of God. 
But on the contrary, may we always submit under your powerful hand and honor you as our supreme authority. May we bless you, follow you with devotion, with sincerity. To do your will, O Lord, and to follow your purpose, O God, seeking what is perfect. May, may this be God of glory. So may the God of glory manifest himself in our lives and allow us to serve him and allow us to acquire knowledge and to treasure it and keep it in our hearts and put it into practice and practice. May the devil flee from our lives. May wickedness flee and may we not be tempted and fall into temptation. May you preserve us, Lord, from failing you, from committing sins against you, against our neighbors. May you preserve us, O Lord, and may you from ever rebelling, rebelling against you and being stubborn, Lord. May you spare us from uh, obstination as you were teaching us, or uh, 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 spare us of re against rebellious. And may we be submissive to you. and the contrary, may we walk toward you and follow your path. O oh, God of glory, manifest yourself in the midst of your people and don't let wickedness come to our lives. And the devil, come with these spirits of illness. No evil shall, shall befall us to take our strength, to damage our physical health, to att attempt against our life. Do not allow us to experience loss, O oh God of heaven and earth, spare your people from this virus, from any disease and the traps of the wicked one. All those who are sick at this time, heal them, O oh God of glory. Put your powerful hand to remove this virus, remove any illness and difficulty to breathe. Manifest yourself in each life and all those who are in clinics as well with difficulty to breathe, Lord. Remove, O oh God of glory, this evil, this ailment, put your powerful, your hand, may your good spirit remove this chains of the wicked one, the spirits of illness, these viruses, and may they may be removed. May the work of the devil be removed and be disappeared. Blessed is the Lord, may it be so. May you respect the, the laying on of your people, the prayers, and may you give victory to our families, friends, people we know, all the all of them who are joining these these live streams, who are seeking you, who are following you, who are who are open opening their hearts to you, who are opening, who are understood your message so that we may repent, so that we do not harden our hearts, so that we may have tender hearts and soft hearts to seek you, so that with humility, Lord, may, may we seek your presence and your love and your kindness and your truth. O oh God of glory, likewise, perfect us, transform us, cleanse us. May we not be seduced by our own selfishness and our own lusts and desires and greed and selfishness and mistakes and may you cleanse us O lord likewise blessed god manifest yourself in our marriages so that we be a good testimony in our with our marriages with to our children O lord god of glory may there be harmony blessings and may you allow O blessed god Allow us to get, have victory and open up our churches so that soon, Lord, 
this element, this new element that has come up in the, in the United Kingdom has come up. Save our brothers and sisters in, the, in England. May you protect our brothers and sisters so that this does not move forward. May it be removed, O Lord. God of glory, manifest yourself in our midst. We love you. We bless you. Bless our sister Mary Luisa with the best of your blessing. O oh God of glory and all of your people around the world, may you give them victory and answer that which they're asking of you, what they need. May you reward their effort and their desire to change to better themselves, to be cleansed. Cleanse, O oh Lord, cleanse them and cleanse us every day more and more so that we may be even purer and so that every day may we be willing to do your will and far away from being rebellious against you. May be so. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. We love you and exalt you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, blessed God. Let us sing, brothers and sisters. Chorus number 45, the streets of gold. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless you. We glorify you. We exalt you. Praise this holy name. Power. is the king of glory blessed forever and ever is his name brothers and sisters have a great night god bless you all so long good evening brothers and sisters may the lord bless you all there is joy and